Sully's in the house, the guy that made that cross over there. There he is. What a weirdo, I tell you what. But he loves Jesus, amen? So he's in good company because a lot of weirdos in here love Jesus. Uh, would you guys pray for me and then we'll get started. Father God, we thank you uh, for the opportunity, Lord. We are humble, Lord, that you would choose us to, uh, to deliver your message, Lord. And we have been given that, that, that uh, ministry of reconciliation, Lord. Fill me with your spirit, Lord. Give us all ears to hear what it is that you would say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, anybody uh, sail, like sailboats in here? Raise your hand if you've done that. I knew, I'm going to tell you something. I knew Tim did. And Reagan and I had this little private joke with Lynn. And we would say, is anybody ever, you know, surfed Maui at 3 o'clock in the morning? Rich and Annette, we did. Of course you guys did. Anybody ever scale Mount Everest? Or Rich and Annette did. Of course they did. But you know what? I hate sailing. I think it's pretty lame, personally. Just relax. It's lame. I'm going to tell you what happened. So Len and I, uh, a few years ago, we went to San Diego for a wedding. Her sister got married, and uh, they wanted to go sailing. First of all, you, don't, you sail in the ocean, not in a bay. You know, there's, there's no wind there. It's like surfing, or surfing in the Gulf of Mexico. There's no wind. There's no surf. There's nothing. So whatever. I was like, okay, we'll do this thing. So we go surfing. Len and I took a little, uh, thank you, sailing. See, I rest my case. Sailing. We were sailing in a sailboat. That's what it was. And it wasn't even a big boat. It wasn't a catamaran. It was one of those little deals. Whatever. Just a little boat. Gail's looking at like, what are we talking about? Are we in church? What are we talking about? Sails were up. Yes, the sails were up. They were up. So we, here's the deal. Now, while we were cruising, man, we had this, the wind was going. I was like, you know what? This is easy. I don't see with all the hubbub. Obviously, I'm a master of this sailboat. We were cruising through, and man, and then we had to come back the other way. You know, the wind was kind of uh, contrary to the direction we were going, if you will. And I'm going, man, this blows. This isn't fun. I, I hate this. Just like I told you, and Len and I got in a little argument. Now we got over it real quick. But you know what? With a little bit of help, and, and we, we, it took about an hour and a half to get back. Now, here's the thing. It was 25 bucks that they had to come tell you with one of those meme jet skis. I said, I'm not paying 25 bucks. I don't want to do this in the first place. If I have to get off the back and kick this thing in, we're going to do it. Well, we finally made it to the thing, and we made it in, and my father-in-law, God rest his soul, he's with Jesus now. Praise God. Amen? And, and my sister-in-law were like, <laughs> well, obviously, you guys stink at sailing. I was like, I told you I stunk at it. I didn't want to do it in the first place. Why don't you go give it a hand? You can. So here they are. They're probably 100 yards out. The sun coming up and their hair blowing in the wind and all this. I'm going, we'll see. We'll see how you do when you're facing a contrary wind. We'll see how you do. And they're just... And then we see it happened. They turned and they were coming against the wind. And we could just see and not hear. I was wondering, man, I wonder what they're saying. It looks colorful. 
Oh, look at them, Lynn. Check them out. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, boy, this is good. So we had quite the entertainment watching them fight as they faced this contrary wind. And uh, then I saw it happen about an hour and a half, two hours later. Guy went, cost him 25 bucks. They dragged that thing in, and they were arguing. You know, it was uh, Lynn's sister and the father-in-law. Man, they were getting at it. They were just having. I was like, hey, hey, how'd you like it? It's a little harder when you're facing a wind in your face, right? You ever feel like that when you're a uh, you're Christian? I mean, you meet a Christian everything. Boy, you're just tiptoeing through the tulips, you two. Over the, wow. You haven't faced anything? Stay around long enough, be a Christian long enough, you'll face something, I guarantee it. Right? It's either going to be a storm of your own making, or maybe Jesus is going to do something really kind and bring a storm into your life to test your faith and grow your faith. I've had it happen. I've been on both sides of the fence, and I much prefer going with the wind. But I've been doing it long enough to know that, you know what? It's just a matter of time, and you're going to face a contrary wind. It's very tough, isn't it? But when you come, yeah, sounds like, well, boy, you're, you're just, yeah, contrary winds are a bummer. But you know what? The more that you walk this thing out, the more that you face storms, and the more that you come out of it, you're like, whoo-wee, you are so good. Because I didn't think I was going to get out of that. But you know, I have a little bit of history with you, Jesus, and I've seen how you got me out of the last one. It should create a faith builder to re- the next time you face a storm that you're going to, wow. You know what? This is just like the last Goliath I faced. You're going to whip it down just like you did the last one. Now, it's going to take a minute, but I have a history, and I have friends that have a history, and I have read the Word of God, and it says you have a pretty good history of stomping down big giants. Right? Right? Some of you right now, I guarantee, and I know several people right now in the middle of some kind of contrary wind, you have no idea. All you know, it seems like everything that you do is running uphill. Everything that you do, you're facing something. Every, you know, anybody else? Just Several people are, yeah, dude, I'm in there, man, and it blows. <laughs> but guess what? Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, Jesus said, right? So, uh, we have five points, Michael. Let me just look at that. Five. I wrote them down. Yeah, I wrote them down. I wrote them down. Look, I even spelled some of them right. So, we're going to talk about a storm. Uh, how many of you guys, <laughs> Richard and if you put your hand up. How many of you have been to the Sea of Galilee? I'm surprised. Oh, I've been, I've been surfing out there, actually, or sailing. Okay. The Sea of Galilee is amazing, right? It's where a lot of the Bible happens. I mean, Barry did a message a while back about this, and the Sea of Galilee is just a really cool deal. It's the second lowest lake in the face of the earth, besides the Dead Sea, which is dead and lowest. It's low. It's like 700 feet below sea level, right? I mean, that's a pretty big deal. It's only 13 times 8 miles. It's 13 miles this way and 8 miles wide. It's about 141 feet at the deepest point. You guys ever see water over 100 feet, what it looks like? It's a pretty big deal. It's blue, and if you're out there, anybody ever get 
Is Facebook listening? I'm just going to use this in-house. You guys ever get scared when you're on a lake and you don't know what's coming up from underneath? Okay, me too, because I was just checking if you did. Because, you know, there are gar and there are big fish in lakes. Can you imagine being it? It's like, oh, that's just, it's 141 feet deep is pretty doggone deep, right? So it's averaging about 84 feet deep. Oh, this is really neat. And wouldn't you know it, as the center of like a lot of Jesus' stories, it's shaped and, and has the, uh, all the attributes of a really cool amphitheater. Like you can talk in a boat. If you're on a boat in some parts of this thing, if you're on a boat and you're out, 7,000 people can hear you. Is that amazing? That's, some people don't think that's amazing. That's amazing. It's almost like somebody had their hand in this whole thing. Turn to your Bibles, Matthew chapter 14. Yes. This is when Jesus walked on the water. Remember a couple weeks ago, I, I started kind of thinking, I got to be in my bonnet thinking about that, how sometimes we, use, we, we hear all these stories, and we think, oh, yeah, you hear Jesus walked on the water. That's cool. Jesus walked on the water, and it wasn't frozen. He walked on the water, man. That's a big deal, but we've been reading and hearing these stories so much, we kind of just, oh, that's really cool. He was showing us, I am in charge of it all. And I will say this, before we get into the story, uh, the, the, the Hebrew fishermen, they were kind of like landlubbers. They weren't really in love with the sea. They weren't really in love with going out because it was kind of scary to them. Even though they were fishermen, for the most part, they would stay relatively close to the shore because when they read the Old Testament, the sea is always a picture of judgment, of, of death, and they would have been terrified to be on the sea, for the most part. I'm sure there were some tough guys that weren't afraid. But for the most part, in the backdrop of the story, they didn't want to be out on the water. Okay? So, here we go, and I'm going to kind of bring you through the last part of uh, Jesus feeding the 5,000. He fed 5,000 people. Men. Now, there were women and children who were some in that culture less than. So they say, estimate it could have been 10,000 women and children. So it might have been 15,000 people that Jesus fed with five fish and two pieces of bread or two loaves. That's a big deal. And had leftovers. Yeah, to take home like we're going to have afterwards. It's a big deal. Don't, don't, don't lose these guys the amazingness of Jesus because we become familiar with the stories. God's able to meet all of your needs according to his graces and rich and mercy. He is so, he can f meet all of your needs. And as I prepare for this message, I kind of was like, man, I just wonder why some people struggle their whole life. They never break free. They're always facing a contrary wind. Always. The perpetual brown cloud, Christian. And I look at people in their, uh, this is a first squirrel and I, here we go. Help me, Jesus. The consistency of their walk. The consistency of their attendance. The consistency of their Bible reading. The consistency and the discipline of their choice making. And I wonder what that has to do with their facing contrary winds all of the time. All of the time. It's like, man, dude, you know, you didn't get a bad lot in life. 
It doesn't happen. Right? When you choose Jesus, you are free to... Now, you're going to face storms. You're going to face them. Why in the world would you want to create your own all of the time? Wouldn't you want to have the wind at your back for once in a while that you could be prepared when the storm actually does come? I mean, if you're constantly, oh, I'll tell you what, the devil hadn't, you don't even, the devil doesn't even know your name. You haven't done anything for the cause of Christ since you entered the kingdom. Why would he be picking on you? You're kicking your own stuff. Am I? My, thank you. Whoever that was. Um, so, here we go. I'm going to pick it up at the end. By this time, Jesus, uh, we've, we've lost, we don't lose him, we know right where he is. John the Baptist has been beheaded. Right? And right uh, before this, Jesus wants to get off by himself. Probably to go, wow, just kind of recover. I can't believe you know, he's God. He knows. But he wanted to go and be alone. You ever want to be alone? And just kind of reflect, like, I can't believe that. Well, as soon as he does this, <laughs> all the people saying, we need this, we need this, Jesus, we need this. And Jesus had compassion on them. We're going to pick it up right at... After that, we're going to pick it up at 22 and go through 36, I believe. They had just fed all of these, uh, all these 15,000 or so people. All this stuff was going on. John the Baptist has already been beheaded. He's tried to get away to get alone. That didn't happen. He tried to get away again. That didn't happen. He had to feed all these people. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. He commanded. He basically said, I'm going up on the hill to be alone. You get in the boat and you go over there. Did you think that Jesus, point number one, how about that? Jesus is always with us. He goes up on the hill, yes, the boys go on the boat and they start heading, but he's still... Now, how much more today since we have the Holy Spirit inside of us? Those that have called on the name of Jesus, you have Jesus. He will never leave you, never forsake you. He's always with you in your heart. Always. The psalmist said in 139, David, where can I go? The run for your free from your presence. I can't go. If I go to the depths, you're there. Go to the heights, you're there. On the other side of the planet, you are there. When I travel to different countries, travel to different states, you are there. Jesus never leaves and never forsakes you. He knows the storms you're going through. In fact, he may do your favor and orchestrate one to prove to you one more time as if the feeding of the 5,000 wasn't enough, the raising of the dead people wasn't enough, and all the other things I've shown the boys isn't enough. I'm going to show you I'm Lord of it all, and I'm out to walk on the water, right? So here he is. Immediately, the, Jesus and his disciples get back into the boat, cross the lake to the other side, while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills to pray by him, to, for him, to himself, to pray. Night fell. He was there alone. Anybody ever go by themselves and just like being alone to pray? Of course, Lynn does. Anybody? Every morning? Anybody like to pray with other people? Well, let me, let me say this. Now, we've only had about 30% raise their hands praying alone to pray with somebody. That's who you aren't praying? You've got to pray something. What's going on? 
Well, I just kind of, when I do that, it's kind of implied. The point would be, sometimes it's time to get off by yourself and get your heart right with God. Because I, I know in ministry like this one, it's really tough sometimes. You have to get alone to refuel so you have something to pour out. You, don't, you can't pour from an empty vessel if you're always running out and doing things, running out and doing all this stuff. You don't have any time. Sometimes it's time to just hit the pause button. If Jesus had to do it, what a great example. If Jesus had to do it, how much more do we have to do it? Because we're leaky vessels. We got holes all up in us. We're always leaking out. Sometimes it's nice, and we're not that holy, right? We're holy, but not in a good way. That's good. Thank you, Jesus. But so what I'm saying is sometimes go by yourself. Get alone with the Lord. Ask Him to fill you up so when you encounter someone or a storm or whatever, you're ready to handle it. Or people. How many of you just can't stand people? No, just kidding. Just, just kidding. I hear it all the time. Sully, shut up. I hear it sometimes, and they're like, man, I just don't. I know that you, you're, you're so full of it. You love people. I know a brother in the back that I, I just don't like people. I just don't like people. That's a bunch of baloney. You love people. They just wear you out. You know it. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about, David Bias. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? That's funny. You love people, but they wear you out. Maybe you need to amp up that alone time like Jesus and get away on a hill, go camping or whatever, something, right? Just people are awesome, but they wear you out. Sometimes you just take a break and get away. Like I said, if Jesus had to do it, who do you think you are? Thinking you can do it? I don't think so. Okay, here we go. No clue where I was. Thank you. Who's paying attention over there? I knew right where I was. I was testing you, man. That's good for the new believer. Amen? Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land. For a strong wind has risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. So another account would say they were about three or four miles out into the Sea of Galilee. Maybe halfway. Right? So, uh, and it would say that they hit a contrary wind. And apparently, because of the lowness or the uh, below the sea level of Sea of Galilee, it, it, storms come up like that. They come up fast. You don't know, like over here, you can see them, oh, it's going to be a storm in an hour and a half. You know, we got the Doppler on. No, they had no clue. They got into this thing. Guess who knew, though? Yeah, Jesus knew. He knew all about it. He's up on the hill. He saw him far away. He knew. Because I'm going to show the boys who I really am. They keep saying, we know you're the Son of God, but apparently they didn't. Number two, Jesus sees and knows about your storms. He sees it, you know. You're not sneaking up on, did you see what's happening? Father, did you see what happened? He's in really in trouble down there. The funny thing is, he wants you to know and understand that he sees it. He sees it and you can trust him. You can trust him. Some are worse than others. Anybody going through a really hard time right now? Amen? He knows. He sees it. Stay faithful. Stay focused on Jesus. Don't concentrate on the storm. We're going to get in that. Don't you get ahead of yourself, Randy. Yeah. Don't do it. I need that, Randy. Bring it in. But he sees and he knows. And he cares. And obviously, you know and see that he cares because you're here. And, and when one part of the body hurts, guess what? 
We're all hurting. And when you're together in the community, we're all kind of shouldering that deal. And it makes it, no, no, how it makes it easy. We are the body of Christ. He's the head and we're the bodies. I'm kind of a toe and maybe you're an armpit. And there's some other parts that I don't want to be. But the bottom line is we need each and every one of you in here helping you shoulder this thing and he cares about you immensely. More than you could ever ask or, or th- you can't even imagine. So he sees about you. He knows your storms and he knows you're going through this stuff and he's about to do something about it. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. That's something you see all the time. (laughs) You know? Right. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Think about it, you know? you ever had Jesus just kind of pop on the scene and you don't really recognize him? Do a person or something? Or situation? Sometimes Jesus comes. Number three, please. Thank you, she's ahead of us. Look for Jesus in disguise. It's a great song. I think uh, Lincoln Brewster or one of those big, big shots. Jesus in disguise. It's a thought. It's a notion. It's a a song. Uh, You don't recognize him at first, but Jesus comes in disguise, and he uses people. Yeah, he uses us. Isn't that great? Everybody say, that's really wonderful. I'd love to be used by the Lord. That's great. We'd just love to be used by the Lord. That's a big deal. I guess he could just go poof, but he wants to use you. To me, that's like pretty amazing. That he would actually use people like us to accomplish his mission. So here he is. He's walking on the water. They were terrified. And remember, it's easy to say, I can't believe um, they were terrified. You get terrified to do something? You? You? You ever get terrified? It's easy not to be terrified when you're sitting back in a boat doing nothing. Or staying home. Or not telling people about Jesus. I had a friend of mine all the other day and I, I love this brother and uh, I got two friends I got two friends three if you include Pete but he's on the fence I got a friend of mine Mel anyway been walking with the Lord a long time have you not he's brought you out of a lot of stuff through one storm into another one in th- okay but he called the other day to celebrate you know what you know why because he's delivering food to somebody, providing for sustenance, which is wonderful. But sometimes you're in a situation, they're not interested in the food, they're interested in the prayers, right? And there you are, you think you're giving food, and you don't have the courage to step up and actually pray for somebody. They're not there because they want a hot dog. They're not there because they want an apple. Maybe they're there because they recognize that you must have the answers. With all the stuff that you've been through, Mel calls me. Sorry, Mel, I had to just say this. And I'm thinking, oh, this ought to take an hour and a half over something weird. Gotta love him, amen? Just relax. And he said, hey, I need to talk to you. I got real, something really cool happened. I'm taking a box of food. And you know what? I did it. I prayed with somebody. I was like, son of a gun. 
Son of a gun. That's, that changes stuff. A box of apples doesn't change anything, but the box of apples got you in in position to pray. You can't do one. They don't know how. What's that saying? They don't know about care. Do you love? You know they care. Some kind of funny thing. I, I suck at those things. But the bottom line is, the bottom line is you did it. And I guarantee you were all puckered up and kind of fearful. Were you not? And then when you did it, guess what? You wanted more. He called. He goes, I'm going to go back there. I'm going to see if they have any more food to bring, to bring so I can pray more people. Hey, man, that's how stuff gets done. That's how stuff gets accomplished. But you know what? It's easy to sit back and um, judge other people or do all these things when you're sitting up in a boat and you're not doing any of it. Am I right? That's easy Christianity. You, you can't even pray for somebody? Does somebody pray for you? It's scary sometimes. I get it. But once you do it, you get kind of a hunger and you understand, man, God's using you as His hands and feet to love and care for people. And I'm not downing anybody for delivering food. Amen. But there comes a time when you put the box down and say, is there anything that I can pray for you for? Because I really, I really feel like I need to pray for you. And then I, I, I can't think of anybody that's ever said no. Actually, I had some, yeah, I, I thought there were some cops downtown. I said, hey, man, can I pray for you? No. Well, I'm going to pray while you're walking away. <laughs> hmm, take that, officer. And guess what I did? Who knows? Maybe they're saved now. God changes the worlds with the seed we sow. We don't know. One plants, one waters. God brings the increase. We don't know. Just keep doing your thing. Okay. But Jesus spoke to them at once. and Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. I think in the original text it would have said, you know, they would have recognized that I am. You recognize that from the Old Testament. God's, God's name, I am. So they would have immediately recognized, wow, man, it must be the Lord. Then Peter called to him, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Hey, Peter takes a lot of flack. You know, I got, a, I, 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 I got a problem with people that got a problem with Peter. Right, insert foot. I got a problem with people that have a problem with Peter. That's pretty good, wasn't it? Uh, because Peter is well known for his failures. Denied the Lord three times. Did all this other stuff. Was always getting in trouble. He was a naughty little boy sometimes. But at least Peter did something. I didn't see the other guys. They're kicking it in the boat, all afraid. Peter was wanting to go, I'm in, man. What do we do? Well, where are we going? I'm in. Well, come on out here. Lord, you... T- what did... And now, listen. I'll tell you guys right now. For the first time, visitors, this question is for you. People that know the answer, don't you dare say it. Because this is a great one. Thank you, Lord. What did Peter walk on when he said, Lord, Lord, uh, bid me to come to you? And Jesus said, come. What did Peter walk on? It starts with a W. Oh, no. The Word. Oh, that's good. Right? Come. We walk on the Word, too. We stand on the Word of God. Because in our natural mind, it doesn't make sense that all things are possible with God. Or I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Or be anxious for nothing. Nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But instead, through prayer and supplication, make your request known to the Lord. Then the peace of... Thank you, God, for heart, heart, your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's a Randy paraphrase, probably. You get the point, though? Be anxious for nothing. But instead, through prayer and supplication, make your requests known to the Lord. And then, 
And then, if you're anxious, you know anxiety is kind of a sin. <clears throat> yeah, I know. It's hard, isn't it? I'm not saying that I don't have a little anxiety from time to time. I'm not saying that I don't sink. Whoop, getting ahead of us now. Getting ahead of us. Lynn, yeah, bring it in, Randy. You're getting ahead a little hug. But the Bible says be anxious for nothing. Look at the little handbasket. I haven't seen that one yet. It all pertains, losers. Why do I like this church? Pastor Tyler, you guys hiring? I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for hope. Plans for a future. Plans to prosper you. That's the, what we walk on. We walk on the Word of God. If you don't know the Word of God and you're not reading it, there's no wonder why you're sinking. There's no wonder why you're facing contrary winds all of the time. There's no wonder why the proverbial brown cloud follows you around everywhere you go and nothing makes sense. Right? Because you're not walking on the Word. You're not living in the Word. Now just relax. I see my new brother over here going, oh, 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 gosh. It doesn't pertain to you yet because you're brand new. But you got an amazing counselor over there with you and helpmate. Just a little one. Just in-house. Amen. Now listen to this. I tell my buddy, I said, hey, man, brand new Christian, it's really important for you to know the word so you can walk over the water. He said, man, I'm not a good reader. I don't like reading, and neither did I, right? And I used to sink a lot. Feel me, church. He said, you know what? You know what my wife told me she would do for me? She said she'd read it to me all of the time. I was like, I'm going to run over there. Everybody run over there and hug Barb. Not now. We're in church. But you know what? If you got somebody that maybe is struggling, they, maybe they got the dyslexia thinking, I got that going all the time. That's why I can't read the King James out loud. They had to mess my words up all the time. Help a brother or sister out. Lower, the, lower them down, peel the roof off, you know, lower them down at the feet of Jesus. That's really what's going on. You're lowering, you're teeing the thatch off. You're lowering your husband down at the feet of Jesus. And you're going to allow him to get the word of God in you so you don't have those brown cloud days all of the time. You don't have to. That's a fact. Now, my wife asked me to read, but I go, you know, I got a problem. The letters all get all messed up because I got that thing going on, you know. <laughs> yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. All the goody two-shoes that never tried anything are sitting up in the boat. Only Peter walked on the water. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to shout, or began to sink. Save me, Lord! He shouted. Is that so good? I mean... And we know, we know, we know the, the, the metaphor. We, we, we know the teaching, the application. This really happened. This is a story that happened. But the application has so many different things. You know, so some, some major, we almost lost our house, guys. 
this close. It's now paid for. Amen? Amen. But there were years while I wasn't steeped in the Word, while I wasn't walking with God, while I wasn't doing the things that we're supposed to be doing as Christians. I was this close. Right? This close. You're talking about an epic storm. And then we almost lost it again. But then I was walking on the Word, and I was downtown, and I, purpose, I thought like this going, no big deal because I know all the cool homeless camps, Lynn. They all love me. Sam, you remember? They all loved us. It's like I could just nestle right up to Spider. He had a great two-man tent. We'd need to bring the kids and everything. I'm not making fun of it, but that's how close I was. But you know what? I had the peace that surpasses all understanding because I was walking and I was steeped in the Word. I understood that God's going to take care of me. It's just going to happen. I don't know how it happens. I don't know how he does what he does. He's God. So I just gave it all over to him. And guess what? I came out of the storm. And even if I would have lost my house, I still would have been all right because I had that peace that surpassed all understanding because I knew the God of the third option. <laughs> There's always another option with God. There always is. Here we go. Now, I came up with this myself. Probably wasn't mine. It was the Holy Spirit. All glory to him. Ready? Number four. Fear can kill your faith or faith can kill your fears. Oh, Yeah? Because that's an option. You know, there's so many scaredy cat Christians out there. I'm scared of COVID. No, no, no. First of all, let me say this. It's a real deal. We almost lost a couple people. Now, a lesser people would be, well, you know what I do? I'm going to close the doors and board the windows and wait for Jesus to come back. I'm never going to leave my home ever again. There are two of them right here in front. And guess what? As soon as they healed up, they could not wait to get back to the house of God. Yeah. And Cecil and Debbie are having a romantic trip down in the Ozarks. I talked to them earlier. Praise God. They didn't let fear stop them. They let their faith overcome it. So they're down there kicking it. Right? And she's still got some major issues. We're still praying for her. But they didn't let fear stop them. They let their faith triumph over the fear. And they're still in the game. I know so many people. I just don't get it, guys. I understand, but I don't get it. Or I get it, but I don't understand. However that works better, that's what I feel about it. Yeah, which one was that? Was it the other one? Okay. My point would be it's a real deal. And I say it week in, week out, and all this stuff. And Barry and I, we have brown bags. We're talking about this. And I was like, it's a real deal. But, you know, this is part of an agenda. To divide us. Keep us apart. Because I want you to be bound up in your fear up to your eyeballs. Because fear is the opposite of faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we as the church, as Christians, born again, set apart, Holy Spirit-filled believers, we want to please God. And if you don't have faith, you ain't pleasing them. Right? So we want it to these storms. We're like, okay, Lord, i got to be honest. kind of scared of this storm. But you know what? You're the God of the storm. So when a storm comes, like, oh, man, what are you going to do now? How are you going to get me out of this? This is interesting, <laughs> you know. But I know. And I have faith in you because you're going you're gonna to do what you do. What was that, Lynn? <laughs> There's a rainbow coming. I always just want to be a secret agent. You can have one of those things. I don't know if it's this way or whatever. 
Pay attention, Reagan. <laughs> hey, you know what? Concentrate on the Lord, not on what's going around. Amen? That's a good lesson for you. Amen. Right? Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus took his time. No. When you shout out to the Lord, he immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Give me that phone. Why are they not here tonight? Come here. Bunch of misfits in this joint. Why have you so little faith? Why did you doubt me? It's like he's saying, did you not see what I just did? Did I not feed 5,000 people? Did I not do all those other things? Did I not do that? Turn water into wine? Why? And you were there. You saw it and it happened. Why do you have so little faith? You know? I guarantee your faith got built, didn't it? Y'all chilling out, laying up on... He was on a respirator, guys. But you know what? You're here, and your faith got built. You weren't. I thought you were. Was that just a lie? On the thing? I thought you were too, though. But you were laid up in intensive care. Half low? Whatever. <laughs> my point would be, my point would be your faith is increased because of that trial that you went through. That storm that you went through, your pro- you were already a faithful couple. And I guarantee... Debbie and Cecil are, but I guarantee their faith was increased because of it, right? And when he pulls you out of your situation, you watch. You watch. You just got to hold on. You just got to hold on all the way to the end because it's not over yet because he is the God of third options, right? So you just got to hold on. And I'm not saying it's easy, guys, because I've been so many times, I'm like, I want to give up, man. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to give up. I just can't can't do it anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Just hold on. <laughs> Just hold on. Just ask God to give, well, however that works, ask Him to give you more faith to hold on. Maybe it's for your kids. Maybe it's for you know, your wife, spouse. I don't know. Just ask God to hold on. When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. Oh, we, they're probably going, oh, we, we knew you were going to do it, Jesus. Peter, man, we knew you were going to do it. We're kicking up here in the boat. We knew, we knew, we knew. Peter's going, you guys are back up in here. I'm out there, you know. You're up here just kicking it back in the boat, hunkered down. I'm out there where it's going on. And now he gets back in the boat and the wind stops. Yeah, I knew he was going to do that. That's how he does it, see. Because we've been with Jesus all this time. It's funny but it's also quite tragic to see a church that we should be the most dangerous people on the planet. Right? Don't fear men. Fear the God who can take your soul. Don't fear the men that kill your body and all that stuff. You know, the scriptures say, fear God that can take your soul. And what, what does it gain to profit the world and lose your soul? What, what, what do you gain? There's not going to be, I will say this, the car show coming up, ain't going to be no medal in heaven. The car show, I got a secret I'm going to let in to you and Facebook Nation. It's about putting people in position to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what the thing's about. Right? However, the caveat to that is, I like cars. Christina will let me enter my 95 Corolla. Even though I'm getting a new motor in it. But it's all about putting 
people in position to hear the gospel of Jesus that can save their soul from hell. That's what it is. Right? For eternity. That's a long time. That's a long, long time. The storm stopped. Some storms last longer than others. Some of you have been in, man, I've been in like, dang, this is like Seattle kind of deal. It's always raining. Well, just keep holding on. Anybody been to Seattle? Okay. Yeah, right. I've been to Portland once. That was enough. After they had crossed the lake, you know, I like... Uh, I can't remember which account it was, but there's another account on this one. I'll explain that in a minute. I thought it was really cool. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. When the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area. And soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe. How much power is in just in the fringe of Jesus' robe? You'd ask the woman with the blood issue how much that worked. And all who touched him were healed. Another count said, I think it's John, that said, uh, as soon as he got in the boat, boom, they were immediately to their destination. I mean, almost like, hey, give me that phone. Another person not here? What's our problem? You know, Jesus can solve your problem just like that. And then others, he might just drag on for a while. But through it all, the, the, don't, don't miss the obvious. Stay focused on the goodness of God in Christ. Just stay focused on it. And I know, I'm not saying, it's, it, it's, it's very difficult, but so simple. simple. It's just so simple. But we got a thousand things to distract us. Our jobs, you guys' spouses, not mine. Yeah, it's good for you, baby. But, you know, that's what Paul says, stay single. It's less distractions. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, no, I'm but my point would be, Jesus understands he sees your storms. He wants you to know you're not alone. And here's the final thing, and this is great. Jesus will get you home. For those that have called on Jesus. Those that have been forgiven of their sin, you've called on the name of Jesus as the only way to the Father. For you guys, you're headed home. Amen? Now, now I know it's going to be, you know, you, you always read, the, do you ever read the, the lyrics to the songs through all the toils, all the, all the uh, entrapments and the snares and all the other things? Through it all, through it all, we're going home. Your job as ministers of reconciliation is to invite other pilgrims along the way and be examples. Don't be the brown cloud Christian, please. There are seasons in your life that it's depressing. I get, I understand depression now. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for that storm. Because I get it now. I didn't get it before. It's more than just putting yourself up and pulling up your bootstraps. I understand that now. So when you have uh, meet a person like that on your way, how about be the light to them? Maybe just sit and listen. Stop trying. Men are solved. Yep. What do you got? Got a little Proverbs for you. Next. What do you got? Yep. 
316 for you, my brother. That's right. Sometimes just listen. Just sit and listen. Lynn's a great listener. I've learned a lot from Lynn listening, watching you listen. Because I'm just kind of a problem solver. We're as men as we like to solve problems. Uh, that, that wheel fell off, put an I-16 bolt on it. Or call Pete and he'll weld it. Whatever. It doesn't matter. My point is, you're going to meet all kinds of people on this way. Uh, and there's going to be, you're going to be people that are, that are going to encounter a storm. Or in the middle of a storm. Coming out of a storm. The praise of God that came out of it. Right? But make no mistake, you will meet people. And I hope you do. I hope God, this week, makes you the Jesus in disguise for somebody else. That you show up to their job site. And they just won't leave you alone. <laughs> they just keep lording around your walkboard. It's like, what? Don't you got a job, man? You got something to do over there, boy? Because they're probably not going to be wanting to talk to you, like I said, about food or the Cardinals or the Blues. Who cares, really? They're probably wanting to talk to you because they know that they think that you have the answer because you're connected to Jesus and you are Jesus to them. You are the hands and feet of Christ. You are the person they can look to and say, hey man, I know what it's like to be in that storm. I know what it's like to have gone through what you're... Or how about this? Be honest and say, I don't know what that's like. I've never had that happen to me. However, I've been through a lot of other types of storms. And the God of the third option brought me out of that. So he can certainly meet all of your needs according to his graces and riches because he met all mine. Amen? And here's the thing. If you're not a believer, I suggest you get it figured out because you're not promised tomorrow. Hmm? Make your bet or make your play. To me, I was kind of like, I think of it sometimes going, okay, so you don't, you don't believe that Christ came? You don't believe this? You don't believe all the eyewitness accounts and all the other evidence that suggests that this book is 100% accurate? You don't believe that? Then what do you believe? Okay, I can respect that. Because if it seems, seems right to you to follow the gods of your ancestors across the Nile, okay, I'm cool with that. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And we'll figure out at the end of it who was right. Maybe you're right. And maybe I missed a few late-night parties. A lot of late-night parties, actually, apparently. Maybe I missed a few hangovers. Amen? If I'm wrong, maybe I became a better person, a better wife, a better friend, a better minister, all these things. If you're wrong, oh, man. I'm just going to go on the record and say it sucks to be you. And if you ignore such a great salvation as this, as Christ coming down, what kind of friend? Jesus, what a friend. That he would leave heaven and come down here and die on the cross for me. And all I have to do is simply receive him by faith as a free gift. And you say, nah, I'm cool. What a moron. I mean, you know, but there's, there's a veil. I understand that. But I think... When we're asking God to fill us with the Holy Spirit and be the hands and feet of Christ and be there when their storm comes up, 
and they can call you, pick up the phone and go, I'm struggling over here because now there's less time in front of me as I have behind me and I'm beginning to wonder maybe if there's something to this Jesus and be ready to give an explanation for the joy that you have, you know? So if there's anybody in here that does not know Jesus personally, maybe you've been around them, you're kind of swimming around the boat. You're kind of like getting closer going, I don't know, man. (laughs) But you see the people that are in Christ and you know there's something to it, ask some questions. Ask God to reveal them to you. Lord, if it's true, would you make Jesus come out of disguise for me? Would you reveal your son to me? Or ask somebody that you trust that knows Jesus and ask them to present the gospel to you. Go out to lunch. Take me out to lunch, buy me some dinner. Or uh, something like that. Okay, guys. I've got a feeling I'm preaching to the choir tonight for the most part. But you've been given the charge. And here's the thing. I shared this with a friend the other night real quick. In the book of Esther, did you know... uh, Nobody is going to end up in hell because you did not speak the gospel to them. Did you know that? Nobody, if you choose to remain silent and not tell a person about Jesus, nobody will be in hell because you don't tell them. Feel me? That would make you many God. I do believe it's within our power, within our power to shave off a few years of... of um, bad stuff happening to them if you would just open your yapper and tell them about the goodness of God and the God that can save them. Because in the book of Esther, he says, if you choose to remain silent, Mordecai came, if you choose to remain silent, salvation will come to the Jews through somebody else, but how do you know that you weren't raised for such a season as this? So, and I do think if you do that, once you do that, for instance, and then we'll wrap it up. Let's say that Bob does not know Jesus. And Fred knows that Bob does not know Jesus. Fred, for whatever reason, may be stuck in a boat, maybe he has fear issues, and he decides not to tell Bob about Jesus. Bob dies. Fred will forever, the devil will use that against you, to beat you down like you like he needs any more stuff to beat on you about. So why not just explain the gospel and say, Jesus, take the seeds and do something with them? That way if something happens, the blood's off of you, and you can say, I tried. Does that make sense? Okay. So that's your charge this week. Father God, thank you for tonight. We, we thank you that, Lord, we know that you are sovereign, Lord. We know that you are a good, good Father, that you sent your Son, Jesus, to die in our place to, uh, to take that punishment, Lord, that I deserve. So I gladly receive that gift, Lord. And I, I pray for all of my friends that have received that gift, that you would loose their lips, that they would sing of your goodness, and the redeemed of the Lord would say so. And simply share the gospel, Lord. We, we pray that we would just be... Uh, planters you bring the waterers lord and then you bring the increase the laborers are few and the harvest is great lord let us be about your our father's business in jesus name amen